Has anybody got a reason to praise the Lord this evening? I said, does anybody have a reason to praise the Lord? Has he been good to anybody? I said, has he been good to anybody? Uh, he's a great God and yet worthy to be praised. Amen. I know it's Wednesday, but he's yet worth a praise. Can I get a witness in the building? Amen. He's a good God. The lover of our soul, the lifter of our head. He's our mighty God, our battle axe in, the in war. He is our strength, our bridge over troubled waters. I wish I had a witness in the building. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great God. Amen. We bless his name on tonight. Look at somebody say, I'm glad to see you in the building on tonight. Amen. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. One more time. Come on, let's go to, in prayer. Father, we honor you tonight. We just thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, thank you for looking past our faults and seeing our needs. Thank you for bringing us this day through seen and unseen danger. Thank you for allowing us to accomplish our various activities on today. And Father, you love us so much that you brought us into the house of God on this evening. And for that, we glorify you. And God, we thank you that as you brought us here, you brought us here, God, because you want to pour into us. And Father, we're vessels, God, ready to be poured into tonight. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will have free course in this place. God, think through my mind, speak through my mouth for a revelant word that would truly impact and empower your people. God, that they could see what you have given them. You've given them faith, a faith that is to be cultivated, a faith that is to be released, a faith that is to please you. And Father, we thank you for that on tonight. God, so bless everybody up under the sound of my voice on tonight. Bless those that are yet on their way here. God, we even pray for those that cannot make it here on tonight. We lift up all of those that are dealing with issues and circumstances. God, those in Hawaii, those California, all over the world, Father, that are experiencing traumatic situations. God, we pray, God, that you would uh, just bless them. God, be with them, strengthen them during their time of, of trouble. So we thank you tonight for what you're going to do in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord on this evening. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've been rejoicing in the word. Uh, just on the word for last Sunday was a powerful word. I, I don't know uh, about you, but it blessed me dearly. Amen. Because we often think of faith uh, in acquiring things. But what about faith to please God? And that's why God has given it to us. And as I was kind of meditating on that, you know, the more that we please God, the easier it is for him to release some things into our life. Because how many know as parents that when your children please you, when they ask for things, it's much easier to give to them? Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me on tonight. Amen. Well, the same way with our Lord and Savior, the more that we position ourselves to please him, the more apt he is to release things into our life, release those promises and blessings that are bestowed upon us. Uh, so it behooves us that every, every chance we get that we release our faith to please him, to glorify him, to exalt him. So our theme for this month has been relentless faith. And we said that relentless is to be persistent, to be steady, to be unwavering, to be unstoppable. And tonight I want to kind of lift that up a little bit more. I want to talk to you tonight from the subject, faith leveled up. Faith leveled up. What does level up mean? Level up means to increase something. To increase something in order to remove a disparity. To progress to the next level. To progress to the next level. And when it comes to our faith, we must understand that God does not want our faith to stay at the same level. Uh, it, whatever faith that we have, understand that it should not be as it was when we first accepted Christ into our life. In other words, you shouldn't have the same faith that you had uh, when you got 
saved now that you've been in Christ two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years. That faith should have leveled up. There should be some advancement, some increasing in our faith. And this is what, matter of fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 1 and 17, uh, the New King's translation. He says, for in it, the righteousness of God, which he's talking about the gospel, in the gospel, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. But I like the Amplified uh, because it gives it a, a little bit more clarity. It says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed both springing from faith and leading to faith. Disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As it is written and forever re remains written, the just and upright shall live by faith. The writer is trying to help us understand that our, as we live in Christ, the way that we live in Christ, uh, there is the way that we live in Christ, we go from faith to faith. In other words, there has to be an increase, an elevation in our faith. He says that there must be an awakening of more faith. So if we're living our life the way that we live, the way that we fulfill our purpose and our plans and, and the destiny that God has for our life, the way that we live, because understand anything that is not moving is dead. So if our faith is not moving, then it's dead. But in order for it to be living, then it must go, it must go from faith to faith. There must be an increase in our faith. So the writer is trying to help us understand that our faith should be wakening some more faith that is deposited inside of us. Because what we have to realize is God has already given us everything to life and godliness. So everything that we need is already inside of us. We have to tap into it. And the more that we tap into it, the more it is released out. Uh, the more we tap into it, the more it increases. Y'all get me? All right, all right. So understand, God is trying to stretch your faith. He's trying to stretch you to a new level. I thought about bringing a balloon up here and filling it up with water because that gives a great illustration of being stretched. And that's what God is trying to do with our faith. He's trying to stretch it in a way that it grows in capacity. <laughs> yeah, it grows in capacity. So the more it is stretched, the greater the capacity. And that's what God wants. He wants our faith to be at a greater level of capacity because the more faith we have, the more we please him, but also the more that we can access the things that he desires for our life. And we're going to find out also it has, uh, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll, 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 I'll walk into that. But since um, we've been at a temporary location, I've, a housing location, I've made a priority to exercise just about every day. Uh, I kind of started off with a uh, 45-minute walk, uh, and then I went to a 45-minute walk, that uh, a walk and run, uh, and now I'm up to like a 30-minute run consistency. Uh, and the reason that I'm, I want to do that, the reason that I'm doing that, but it's, it's stretching me. It's stretching me. Uh, I, I'm learning to, to have a greater capacity when I run. Uh, so, you know, you have to start out small, uh, but ultimately as time goes by, your capacity, capacity increases that you're able to do more. And that's the same thing when it comes to God and the faith that he has given unto us. God is trying to stretch our capacity uh, so that we won't be at the same level we were five years ago, six years ago, matter of fact, a month ago, our faith should be continually to increase. So stretching and complacency do not work together. In fact, complacency is an enemy of being stretched. When we look at the word complacency, complacency is the feeling of calm satisfaction 
with your, with your own ability or situations that prevent you from trying harder. So it is impossible to get to the next level being complacent. And I think God is trying to get us in a season where we move from complacency into stretching. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, uh, uh, really in every area of our lives uh, uh, requires stretching if we really look at it. When God wants to, what God wants to do in your life requires faith to stretch to the next level. So your level of faith or understanding of faith. Let me say that, our understanding of faith. Because that's what I think God is doing in this season. He's trying to give us a deeper understanding, a deeper revelation of what faith is. Because when we think, when we typically think about faith, as the speaker said Sunday, we typically think about it in using it to obtain things. You know, I want a house, so I'm going to have faith for the house. I want a husband, so I'm going to have faith for the husband. But I think it's deeper than that. And that's what we have to understand because when we get that revelation, then our capacity grows where God can really do some incredible things in our lives. Uh, so it was good. Our faith that we had was good for one season or that season. It was good for that season. We needed it then. But I need a new level of faith. I, I, I need a new level of faith. Matter of fact, we're in the eighth month, and I believe that God, that's why God is, is, is dealing with faith, because he wants to release something new in our life, a new level, a new understanding. Give us a new beginning uh, when it comes to faith. So when it, when it comes to being stretched, this goes for more than, for more areas in our life. If you think about it, if you take a new job, you're going to be stretched. I mean, don't think that you're going to get a new job, a new position, a new pay, and not do more work. And oftentimes, we think that way. Oftentimes, we get the promotion, and we get the increase. We see the check, but then when they come and ask us to do a little bit more than what was on the job description, then, you know, we got an issue. But in anything, we're going to be stretched, when it comes to getting married or having a great marriage, you're going to be stretched. Yeah, you're going to be stretched. So, so if you're not ready to be stretched pertaining to marriage, you might want to just stay single. Because it's going to take a stretch. It's going to stretch you. When it comes to having a great career, it involves being stretched. If you're going to have a great Christian life, understand it's going to involve being stretched, especially when it comes to our faith. So let's look at this. In the 11th chapter of Hebrew, we find some individuals who were stretched in the area of faith. They were stretched. They are our heroes of the faith. Uh, anytime we want to know about faith, um, I, I, we need a model. We need somebody that has lived that life. If you want to be successful in a thing, find the model. Yeah, find a model that has succeeded and, and, and see what they've done and see how they uh, have uh, uh, lived out life and how they have dealt with situations and circumstances. Uh, because when we have a model, then it's much easier uh, to, to deal with things. So in this 11th chapter of Hebrews, we find some individuals whose faith was stretched. The first person we see here in chapter 11 is Abel, Abel. The Bible says in 11 and 4, it says, By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. And by faith he was commended as righteousness. And when God spoke well of his offering, when God spoke well of his offering, and by faith Abel still speaks even though he's dead. The fact that he Exercise faith. Uh, the fact that uh, he allowed faith to work in his life, we're still reading about him today. His life made a difference because he, he's an example for us. Matter of fact, the Passion Translation says, faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer God than his brother Cain. 
and God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith, which is key. And it says, by his faith, Abel still speaks instructions to us today, even though he is, he is long dead. So faith moved Abel. That's the first thing I want to uh, uh, leave with you on tonight is that faith involves movement. It involves movement. Faith involves movement, not just belief. Not just belief. So faith is not passive. It's not passive. And many people live with a passive faith. They say they have faith, but they, we never see it exercised. We never see it reaching the full potential that God desires it to operate in because it is passive in their life. Matter of fact, James tells us something critical in James 2 and 14 through 18, the Good News Translation. He says, my friend, what good is it for one of you to say that you have faith, but your actions do not prove it? He says, what good is it to, to stand up and announce that I have faith, but yet it's not followed by any action. And he gives us an example. He says, can that faith save you? He says, suppose there are brothers and sisters who need clothes and don't have enough to eat. What good is there in your saying to them, God bless you, keep warm and eat well. If you don't give them the necessities of life, so it is with faith. So it is with faith, if it is alone and includes no action, then it is dead. James says, faith without action is dead. So he's telling us that our faith should continually be followed by action. And the more that we activate it, the more that we use it, the more that it increases, the stronger it gets, and it prepares you for what's coming next. Yeah, it prepares you for the season of your life next when you begin to use it. So see, we can come to church and we can hear the word of God. We can read our Bible daily, but if we never exercise faith, if we never put it to action, my question is, or, or, my, or yeah, my question is, what good is it? What good is it to say I have faith, but people never see that thing working in my life? I come to situations, I come to circumstances, and I find myself being complacent, never moving, never exercising what God has deposited on the inside. So faith requires a corresponding action. So anytime we say we have faith, understand somebody ought to be able to see some action following it. <laughs> the writer of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 4, uh, 1 through 3 tells us something. He says, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them but the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith so the word has to be mixed with faith uh, matter of fact uh, one writer calls this a profitable mixture uh, a profitable mixture faith and word being mixed together produces something it, it yields something uh, he says for we who have believed do not enter that rest as he said. The message Bible kind of gives us a little bit better. It says, for as, long, for as long then as that promise of resting in him pulls us on to God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. He says, we receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness. Now, the writer here is talking or referring to the Israelites. So the same promise that they receive, understand we have received. We are joint heirs. We are a part, grafted into the promises of God. So they received that same promise as, as God entered, wanted to enter, wanted to take them into their Canaan. Understand God has a Canaan for each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. 
but he says, but the promise did, didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promise with faith. So what good is it to receive a promise and not have faith to go along with it? Because it's going to take faith in order to lay hold to the promise that God has spoken over your life. He says, if we believe, if we believe, though well experience that state of resting, but not if we don't have faith. Remember that God said, exacerbated, I vowed. They'll never get where they're going. Never be able to sit down and rest. God had prepared a place of rest for them, but because they lacked the faith, because they failed to move that faith, understand they wandered around in the wilderness never resting in the promises of God. And I don't know about anybody else, but I want everything that God has for me. I want every promise that he's spoken over my life. Uh, so that means I got to do something. I just can't sit back and wait on it to come my way. God has given me what it takes to access it, and it is faith moved. Somebody said faith moved. Faith. Yeah, so the text is referring to the children of Israel who had received the promise of God, and though they received the promise of God, they let the difficulties of the present moment overshadow the reality of God's promises. We got to be careful to not let our difficulties in life overshadow the promises of God, which calls us not really to cause us to freeze or isolate ourselves and never step into the faith of God because of problems and difficulties. I know we all have been there. We've all had problems and situations come in our life. And we know that God said do this and God said do that. But because we kept our eyes on the difficulty instead of on the promises, we never laid hold to what he has spoken over our lives. Some of us are, are, are probably experiencing that we can recall some things that God has spoken over our lives, some places that he's told us to go, some things he's told us to do. But yet because we looked at the problem and difficulties, instead of keeping our eyes by faith on what God has spoken, we have not yet laid hold to what he has spoken over our lives. So they let their lack of faith disqualify them from receiving God's promise. I don't want my faith to disqualify me. Lack of faith disqualify me. No, I want to use that faith that I have and compound on it. And the more that I compound on it, the more I'm, I, the more I'm able to lay hold, the more I'm able to reach the things that God has planned and purpose for my life. So we have to refuse to let our difficulties overshadow God's promises. Now, I, I was looking at the promises of God throughout Scripture. Uh, it is said that there are approximately 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. 7,000. And the way that we access them, or the only way that we're going to access them is by faith. They are written... The letter is there, but in order for it to become living, it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith that those things, going to take faith to make those things applicable to my life to bring them from the spiritual to the natural. Uh, uh, yeah, because you do know what God has for you is in the spirit first. <laughs> Uh, so we have to access it in the spirit to bring it into the night. I told you about Elijah, how he prayed for the servant's eyes to be open. Elijah prayed for the servant's eyes to be open so that he could see the deliverance that was in the spiritual uh, manifesting in the natural. So it's first in the, in the spiritual. So if we never have faith for it, we'll never bring it from the spiritual to the natural. Uh, well, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get there. So the writer of Hebrew warns us. He warns us in Hebrews 3 and 12. Uh, he warns us. He says, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So here he's saying, 
Be careful. Matter of fact, he, he says unbelief or doubt or lack of faith is evil. Uh, Y'all don't like that, do you? The text says, I didn't say it, the text says, beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Matter of fact, uh, Hebrews 3 and 19 says, so we see they, that they were not able to enter in because of their unbelief. So their unbelief, their lack of faith, Matter of fact, their lack of trust, you, you, you know what unbelief, unbelief is a lack of faith in what God has said, in what God has said, not man, but what God has said. Uh, so, so that's what makes it evil because we're not believing God at his word. Matter of fact, when the spies came back from spying out Canaan, the Bible says that they had an evil report. What made the report evil? Because it was contrary to what God had already spoken. And anything that's contrary to what God has spoken, understand God is good, so the report's got to be evil. So he's letting us know that any time that we have unbelief, Understand, this is not God at work, but it's something evil at work, trying to bring you from uh, realizing the power and the potency of what God has said in his word. Think about this. I mean, they had faith to come out, but not enough faith to enter into what God had promised next. Faith to come out. They, 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 they came out. They didn't come out empty-handed. They saw God bless them on the way out. They got to the Red Sea. They saw God part the waters of the Red Sea, liquid walls standing up, and they're walking across on dry land. They saw all of that, so they had faith to come out. But then when they got the report about the giants, they did not have faith to go in. Uh, so they refused to allow themselves to go to the next level of faith because of what they saw. We got to be careful not to allow what we see to stop our growth level of faith. Uh, because you do know that's what the enemy wants us to focus on is what we see with our natural eyes. If he can keep us in the natural, understand our faith will never elevate because we'll see problem after problem, obstacle after obstacle. Uh, it will cause us not to move like God desires us to move. Uh, so they allowed what they saw in their natural eyes to keep them from going to the next level of faith. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, but with most of them, look at this, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness because of their faith. They never entered into it because they failed to move. So he wasn't pleased because they failed to stretch their faith to another level. Uh, my question is, God, please, with your level of faith. Is he pleased with your level of faith? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we ought to be asking ourselves every morning when we wake up. Is God pleased with our level of faith? So, so not only does faith involve movement, but secondly, can I tell you that faith involves obedience. Obedience. Yeah, obedience. Obedience to God and his word is a true sign of faith. A true sign of faith. Yeah, what made Abel's sacrifice more pleasing to God than Cain's? What made God more pleased at Cain's, at, at Abel's sacrifice than, Cain, than Cain's sacrifice? Look at what God told Cain in Genesis 4 and 7. Look at what he says. 
He says, if you do what is right. He says, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Uh, the Living Translation says, it can be bright with joy if you would do what you should do. But if you refuse to obey, watch out. Sin is waiting to attack you, longing to destroy you, but you can conquer it. This is a clear sign that God had previously told these boys, told Cain and Abel, the expectation of his sacrifice. And Cain uh, refused to bring the right sacrifice to God because of unbelief. And that's what disqualified his sacrifice. But Abel brought a sacrifice that was in faith with what God had spoken. So faith, he used his faith in obedience to God to bring the sacrifice that God wanted. And that's what God is looking for in our life today. Our faith should be coming through obedience to please God. Uh, uh. So I'm convinced that it's the obedience of faith that moves God. The obedience of faith. that Not just faith alone, but the obedience of faith. <laughs> Because it's not the faith, it's not the faith in the job or the career or the education or the person that you can see. It's the obedience in the faith of a God you can't see. Uh, how can I make that more clear? Uh, see, the more faith that we put in God the more it releases the promises that he has spoken over our life. The more faith we put in him. The more faith we put in him, not in the thing. God is looking for faith in him, not faith in a job. Not faith in a career. Not faith in education. Uh, let's look at this in scripture because... Look at Matthew 8 and 8 through 10. Look, look, look at this centurion. Uh, we see here a great example of somebody that has faith, the, the, the capacity of faith in God and not in a thing. Not in the miracle, but in the God. Hmm. Look what he says. He said, the centurion, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one to come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does this. And the Bible says that when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. He had the centurion. Now, understand this was an indictment on everybody following Jesus. Because if you've been following Jesus and Jesus now sees this centurion, somebody that was uh, 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 not of the fold, but yet seeing his faith greater than the ones that followed Jesus, seeing Jesus' miracles, seeing him open blinded eyes, seeing him heal the sick, but yet he runs up on somebody that has a greater faith than those following him. It was an indictment to them. But Jesus says, the reason that your faith is so great, which is a level of faith, that... that uh, I don't know if I'll get to that, but uh, great faith is a level. So he says, this centurion faith is at such a great level that his faith is in me. That if 
I just speak the word, then healing will come. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great faith. So, so uh, look at Matthew 9 and uh, 9, 28. This is another example. Look at these blind men. Uh, it says, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe, note what he says. He says, do you believe I am able to do this? Note that he didn't say, do you believe that you can see? But is your faith in me that I can do this? And he says, they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you, and their eyes were open. So they believe in him. In other words, their faith was in him. And that's what we have to understand that our faith has to be tailored to be in God, more in him than in what we expect him to do for us. Because we've been in tune to use God as a puppet master. Because we want the blessing, so our faith is in the blessing instead of in the God. So God wants us to tailor our belief in him, in the obedience of who he is. And the more that we obey God, the more sign that we have faith in God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So God is looking for the obedience of our faith. Uh, in other words, if God tells, if he tells me to love my neighbor as myself, <laughs> then it has to be in the obedience of that. My faith has to be in the obedience of loving my neighbor. Why? Because he told me to. Even though it's difficult, even though I may not like it, he told me to. So it's the faith in God, in what he said, in what he told me to do. And the more that I do that, the more I'll see the manifestation of God's blessing upon my life. Uh, the second person, second person that, that we see in the text is Enoch. The Bible says, faith translated Enoch. Verse 5, passion. From this life, and he was taken up into the heaven. He never had an experience of death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. <laughs> For before he was translated in the heavenly realms, his life had become a pleasure to God. Can you imagine that testimony? A pleasure to God. Because of his faith. Because he was living at a faith at such a level that it pleased God to not allow him to die, but just to transition his life. Matter of fact, Genesis 5 tells us a lot about Enoch. Matter of fact, probably all about Enoch. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Look at this. 300 years and had other sons and daughters. This man, 300 years, and he was still producing. Faith caused him to have favor with God. Faith will put you in a position where God can release some things in your life. Huh. <laughs> he says, although Enoch lived a total of 365 years, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Who wouldn't want a testimony like that? That I walk faithfully with God. 
that, that my faith pleased God in such a way that I access the, the faith that God desired me to access so much that it pleased him did not allow me to die but just the transition. So God is trying to, he's trying to get us to a point where our faith is elevated so he can do some incredible things in our life because he can't do it at the level we're on. Uh, uh, the third person we see, and I'm done. Third person we see, uh, and this is really what I, where I want to get to, uh, we, we see in Hebrews is Noah. Because look at what Noah, look at what the, the text says in verse 7. It says, faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warning from God about what was coming. Even things that had never been seen. Note what he's saying here. He says, faith opened this up. <laughs> While we're looking for houses and cars, he says, faith opened up revelation and warning. He says, but he stepped out in reverent obedience, here it is again, obedience to God, and built an ark that would save him and his family. It says, by faith the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. So understand, faith is always an obedient response to God's revelation. Which leads us to my third point. Is that faith involves revelation. It involves revelation. Revelation is defined as divine guidance or inspiration. It is the communication of truth and, and knowledge from God, from God to his children on earth. So revelation, another definition, revelation is an uncovering, a bringing to light of that which has been previously wholly hidden or only obscurely seen. So it says that faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warning from God about what was coming. So we have to want faith for more than things. For more than a house, for more than a car, for more than a new job. We should want faith for God's revelation. I don't know about you, but I, I, I need revelation because when I get revelation, understand, everything else will follow. Uh, uh, he says, the revelation that Noah received saved him and his household. That's the type of revelation I need. I need revelation over my marriage. I need revelation over raising my children. I, I need revelation uh, over my career. I, I need that type of revelation that is downloaded from God and is only going to come by way of exercising our faith. So the more that we exercise it, the more God will release what we need in our lives. Uh, so Noah's faith accessed revelation that caused him to save his own household. Not only that, but can I suggest that we're here because of Noah? Because if Noah didn't have faith, understand the whole world would have been wiped out. But because of his faith to do something that had never been done, he had never seen rain. Matter of fact, he had never seen a boat, but he got revelation about it. God told him that it was going to rain. The, water, the, 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 the land was watered underneath until the first rain. So God, so his faith in God opened up revelation that allowed him to understand that what God says was going to happen. That even though I'd never seen rain, I got a greater revelation because of faith that somewhere and some point in time that it was going to happen like God said it was going to happen. 
He, he, he built a boat that had never been built before. No, no blueprint. He had no pattern nowhere. God gave him revelation to build something that had never been built. I don't know about you, but that's the type of revelation that I want. That's the type of revelation that I need. I, everybody else didn't have that revelation, but he had enough faith to trust and believe God. That's the type of stuff I need. Where you don't believe it, just let me believe it. Ah, just let me believe it. Just let God download into me because of what I believe about him. It may look silly to you. It may not sound right, may not look right, but I know what God has said. And when I have that type of faith, God will continue to release some things in our life. Yeah, faith will cause God to give you a revelation that he can't trust others to have. Hmm. Ah, yeah, they don't understand it. It looked funny to them, but just wait and see. <laughs> uh, just, just, just keep on watching and, and, and watch God do exactly what he said he was going to do. So what we need more than anything is God's revelation. God's revelation concerning marriage. God's revelation concerning our family. God's revelation concerning singleness our finances, our career, our future. So your faith is going to position you to receive the revelation you need. That's why we need, that's why I, I want to suggest that the enemy is not after your faith because he's worried about you getting a new job. He's not after your faith because he's worried about you getting a new house in the suburbs somewhere in the country, no worried about you getting four or five acres. He's not worried about that. He, he's not worried about you walking on the lot and picking out your new car. He, he's not worried about that. No, but what he is worried about is the revelation that you can get from God. <laughs> because he understands that when you get the revelation, it positions you uh, as a greater threat unto him. Uh, that's why he was after Peter. That's why uh, the, uh, the Bible says that, that, that uh, uh, Simon, Simon, uh, uh, Satan desired to sift you like wheat, but I pray that your faith fell not. He was after the faith of Peter because he knew what Peter was going to accomplish. Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me. Uh, I mean, when we look at Peter, 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 he, he was the chief apostle. He was the one uh, that, that did uh, many miracles. He, he, he was the one that uh, spoke on the day of Pentecost. Uh, uh, thousands came to Christ. Uh, uh, he was the one that uh, was, uh, was, was released from prison, seen the miracles. So, so he, he had a glimpse down the line at what Peter was going to accomplish. And he said, he said that if I can just attack his faith, that when those times come in his life, that he'll give up, he'll throw in the tower, then he'll never accomplish those things. But I'm here to tell you, I thank God for Peter because Peter's faith stood the test. And God is trying to get us to where our faith will stand the test uh, uh, so that he can give us the revelation that we need in order to get where he's trying to take us to. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some things God has to download into us because it may not look like we can accomplish it. It may not look like it can be achieved. Uh, I, I tell the story, you know, we, we, came, here, we, we came here for something else. Uh, but God gave us some revelation when we got here, and this is the result of revelation. Hmm. So Abraham, when we look at this, I'm done. Abraham's faith gave him revelation. Abraham's faith gave him revelation to know <laughs> that to obey God. He had to have the faith to obey God, to take Isaac, to take him somewhere that he didn't know where he was going, to strap him down. He received the revelation knowing that either he wasn't going to kill him or God was going to raise him. He received that revelation that caused him not to fear what God had commanded him to do. And see, that's the revelation that we need. When God tells us to do something, I need the revelation to know to not back up off of it, 
though I don't understand it, though it looks uh, a little strange, though, though it may not be according to uh, pleasing to my flesh, yet I'm going to obey it because I've got that faith in God. Because he's given me a revelation to know that if I just keep on doing what he tells me to do, that it's going to work out one way or other. That all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Uh, I, I mean, we see this. Sarah's faith gave her revelation. A revelation that caused her to conceive. <laughs> Uh, yeah. A revelation that caused her in her old age not to rely on how her body felt. Matter of fact, revelation not to rely on the facts. Because the facts were the facts. She was old. Abraham was old. And they ain't going to say everything else was old. <laughs> That was fact. But revelation allowed her to conceive. So the more that we activate our faith, the more that God will release revelation to us to cause us to conceive some things in our life that we thought were dead, that we thought would never come to pass, we thought never would happen. But God said, if you continue to have faith and believe me, it will, yeah, it, the baby will kick, yeah, it will be delivered. It will show up exactly when I said it would happen. Uh, Rahab, <laughs> Rahab's faith gave her revelation. I mean, the, the Bible says that she had heard the report. And what I love about this is that she had heard the report about the Lord. She, she believed again she had faith in God. The fact that he was going to come through there and he was going to kill everybody. So she had revelation to hide the spies, revelation to tell them uh, uh, to, to, to drop down the cord. She had revelation that preserved even her household because of that faith. And of course, Peter gave, Peter's faith gave him revelation. Revelation to walk on water. Everybody else, again, revelation that everybody else didn't receive. But because he was willing to act on it, we're reading about him as the only one other than Jesus to walk on water. Uh, so what revelation is waiting on your faith? What revelation is waiting on your faith? What does God want to do in and, I'm done, in and through your life? So the enemy, again, is not worried about the materialistic things of life. He's worried about us moving. He's worried about movement of our faith. He's worried about our obedience in faith. And he's worried about the revelation that God can download into our life. What would happen if we got the revelation? Use faith to get the revelation to really love our enemies. To really forgive others that have done us harm. Revelation to obey God's word. Revelation in tithing. I, what, what, where would that position us? What could God do supernaturally in our life? So that's what God desires. He desires that our faith be elevated, that our faith be leveled up. So wherever, wherever you find your faith tonight, I'm here to tell you that God wants it to go another level. And it may require an act of movement. It may require an act of obedience. It may require him releasing some revelation into your life and you adhering to it so that you can gain that next level. I don't know about you, but I, 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 I want to get to that great faith. I don't want little faith. The Bible talks about little faith. It talks about weak faith. It talks about great faith, shaky faith. I, I want 
a level of faith that truly pleases God in the right season. Let me say that, in the right season. In other words, I, in whatever season, I, I want the level of faith that I need for God to do some incredible things in my life. I don't want him to wish that I was in a greater level of faith. I want to find myself there so that he can release what he desires to release in my life. Is that anybody else's testimony tonight? That you want to be right where God desires you to be. That you don't want to miss out on the things that he has planned and purposed for your life. Come on and rest on your feet on tonight. Glory to God. I'm going to just pray a blanket prayer tonight for our faith. Our faith. Anybody need specific prayer on tonight? Specific prayer. Specific prayer. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we honor you tonight. We thank you for your word tonight. Encouraging us to, encouraging us that our faith be leveled up. That our faith be increased. That our faith will reach the level that you need it to be. In order to do the things that you want to do in our life. If Noah's faith was not in the right spot. When you told him that it was going to rain. When you told him to build the boat. Understand, he'd have never done it. He would have rejected your word, but because his faith was at the right level, Abraham's faith was at the right level. Sarah's faith was at the right level. Rahab's faith was at the right level. To receive your word and to receive revelation. So God, I pray tonight over each and every individual in here, God, I pray that our faith would move. That we would see movement in our faith. God, that our faith would not be passive. That our faith, God, would not take a back seat to your promises and your destiny. God, that, that, I, that we won't be in a place of complacency. But God, that we would be pushed to move. God, I pray that our faith will be moved to obedience. That God, whatever you tell us to do and how you tell us to do it, God, I pray that we would believe you at your word. God, that we would activate that faith and obedience to see the manifestation of what you're calling us to do. God, I pray that our faith God will receive revelation. God, I pray, God, for revelation that surpasses our understanding. God, I pray that you would download into us, God, in such a way, God, that we would trust you beyond a shadow of a doubt. God, that it would raise our level of faith in such a way, God, that you would open doors that no man could shut. Oh God, that you would release those promises and blessings over our life because, God, our faith is raised to the level of release. Ah, God, you want to release some things in our life and you want us to raise our, our level of faith. God, there's some things, God, huh, before this year ends and there's some things in 2024, God, that you're trying to get us prepared for, but you want us, God, to raise our faith. So God, I pray that every person in here, God, I pray that our faith will be leveled up. God, that we could see your goodness, that we can see your glory manifested in our life. God, that we may be an example and a witness to others just like these that we read about tonight. The reason that we're reading about them is because they exercise their faith. 
they trust you in spite of God and God you showed up and showed out in their life God and you said you would have no respect of a person so just like you did it for them God you are able to do it for us God that eyes have not seen ears have not heard neither had it into, into the heart of man the things that you have in store for us so God we thank you tonight for what you're going to do in our life God that we're going to be a written epistle to others God, what can happen when we believe you, when we trust you? So we thank you right now for what you're going to do, God. I thank you for healings right now because of faith. God, I thank you for deliverance right now because of faith. God, I thank you for open doors right now because of faith. Oh, God, I thank you for bringing things in alignment because of faith, God. I thank you for increase right now because of faith, God. I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus, God. You know what we need, God. You know the plans and destiny that you have for each and every one of us, God. So we thank you for it on tonight. And we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on.